Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. This is what I want, this is what I need, if you don't have to go, I can set you free, are you going? Welcome to today's episode. This is one not to be missed. This episode is all about relationships and I have the incredible holistic psychologist Laura Corcoran joining me for this episode and teaching me in this episode. Laura and I speak about common relationship issues and how to really understand what's going on when these issues keep coming up time and time again. We talk about resentment and its insidious nature and how it can spread in your relationship and how to really nip it in the bud and get to the origin of resentment. We speak about communication, both our responsibility with our actual spoken words and just our energetic communication, our nonverbal communication. We talk about what to do if you are growing in a different way to the way that your partner is growing or what to do if they're not growing at all what is acceptable what do you do if you have a fear of growing past your partner and what does that actually mean for both of you we speak about the masculine and the feminine laura covers a lot of ground in this episode and it just makes perfect sense that Laura is hosting a relationship masterclass called Magnify Your Relationships. And you will hear Laura talk about this toward the end of our conversation. It's happening soon, though. So if you're listening in real time and you want to ask questions during this masterclass, it's happening on the 14th of September. So sign up today. It's going to be an incredibly worthwhile investment in your relationship and I think even if you don't go ahead and sign up for this masterclass just this conversation I'm sure will provide so much food for thought and insight for so many people listening so if you're not familiar with Laura Corcoran and her work you can find her on Instagram at her successful mind she is a qualified psychologist with over 10 years of experience working across the forensic, mental health, and addiction fields. She's learned a lot throughout her journey and really, really leans into the holistic view in understanding how important it is to work with the mind to heal and to encompass all aspects of mind, body, and soul together. Laura has experience in working with emotional freedom technique, matrix reprinting, and holotropic breathwork. She's also trained in human anatomy and physiology, nutrition, and exercise science. She has also worked in spiritual life coaching as well. Laura combines all of her knowledge to really create 
that holistic, all-encompassing approach where she really, really walks the walk and spends her time sharing her message, sharing her experiences and her knowledge and wisdom in such an easily accessible way to understand and apply to your own life. She's one of the people that I look to. I think she's an incredible mentor and teacher just in the way that she lives her life and the knowledge that she's willing to share. So this episode, I think it's going to be a rich one for so many people because these are topics that pretty much every single one of us will have experienced at some time in some form of a relationship. So let's get into my conversation with Laura Corcoran. And don't forget to check out her masterclass, Magnify Your Relationships. All of the details are in our show notes. If you enjoy this episode, it would mean the world to me if you take a screenshot, pop it up on your Instagram stories, or you can slide into my DMs and let me know as well. Let's get into it. Laura, thank you so much for agreeing to come back onto the podcast for another another conversation with me. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be sharing about this today. So this is a bit of a spur of the moment podcast because you and I were chatting, we were exchanging messages and I was asking you questions about your upcoming masterclass, which is all about magnifying your relationships. Mm. And I said to you, do you want to just come back onto the podcast and we can (laughs) chat more about this because relationships are just everything in life. And when Mm. we're struggling in our relationships, whether it's romantic or our work or our family relationships, the struggle is so real and it just, it's hard to move past that feeling. So I think focusing on relationships is so important. So thanks for coming back. My pleasure. Um, And it is, you know, the message that you just shared then is so important. So I'm so glad you invited me onto here. Um, because when we actually understand the relationships between everything, our whole world changes. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to get in. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of crossover from our romantic relationship to those family relationships, to the work and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Before we jumped on our recording today, I was sitting here and having a little bit of a think about, what some of the top relationship issues are that I've experienced Mm. and that I know a lot of women have just because they reach out to me. And the number one like relationship issue that I had written down, Laura, is resentment. Yes. Yes, it's a biggie. Um, And this is something as well that I can relate to. Um, I guess when it comes to resentment in a relationship, especially in my current relationship, I navigated a lot of this. Um, often the resentment is towards ourself. Um, so whether, and I'll do it specifically in my current relationship, and I can definitely go to past ones as well because there's a lot of it there as it has been in every relationship I've had. But what my current relationship was showing me was where I wasn't choosing myself and I was really resentful every time, like, you know, I'd call him his selfish, his narcissist, his this, his that. <laughs> And basically what he was showing me in those moments were, where was I not choosing me? Where was I expecting him to choose me in each and every moment? And when he didn't, I became resentful. But then what this happened when I actually started to unravel this, it actually took me back to childhood as it always does. And um, 
So any kind of male figure in our life is always triggering something from dad and any female is always from mum. So this is the golden rule. Um, And not that we actually need to understand what it is or what the memory is because it's showing up in our current reality anyway. It's just getting curious of like what it's like ultimate radical ownership of our emotions, which is so empowering right when we actually, I get really empowered by it. Four years ago, not so much. I would be like, what do you mean? Very I need scary. To do- <laughs> what do you mean? This is my stuff. Um, well, now I just find it so empowering that, oh, my God, that's bringing something up in me. What does this mean about me? Um, so often resentment um, is related to where you're not actually showing up for yourself. And this specific theme around not choosing myself was related to my dad and him not choosing me. He was always choosing my brothers. Or this was the story that I told myself my brother was the golden child and he always watched him play soccer and he always did the things with him and he never chose me in those moments. So then obviously creating relationships moving forward, as we've spoken on previous podcasts, that was a belief that no one chooses me. So then of course, because that's a belief of mine energetically, I then create that in my reality. Yeah, and every we seek out a way to prove that it's true, right? Of course. It feels to prove that it's true rather than to try and find evidence for the contrary. Yeah, and then we go, see, I told you I'm never chosen. You know, that validation, even though it sucks and it's so uncomfortable, it's still, you know, like it's it's confirming what we believe to be true and what we've believed to be true our whole entire life. Um, but when we actually go into that feeling of what actually, you know what, I'm just going to sit in and what this looked like for me, I'm just going to sit here and feel what it is not like to be chosen, like the depths of it. No one chooses me. Nobody pays me attention. Nobody. It's always me that has to stand up for myself in that moment. So I fell into it and obviously it's uncomfortable to feel emotions and we've been taught not to. But then when I actually went through that, there was just so much compassion around I actually get to choose me now. I don't have to wait for anyone else to choose me because I get to do that. And then when I actually, because duality is like if we get to feel the depths of the pain in its entirety that we never felt as a child to what it felt like not to be chosen, we get to do that now, which is beautiful. We don't have to go back to the time. Um, We get to feel that. And then on the other side, we get to feel the love and compassion that we have for ourselves to be able to do that now. Um, So then I had all of this gratitude then for my partner (laughs) the week before I didn't. Um, Different perspective. Oh, my God. Yes. I was like, you have shown me where I'm not choosing me and I'm not choosing me with being present with my kids. And and then it showed up in everything. I'm not choosing me in how I structure my money better. I'm not choosing me on how I show up in my business. It's not just I'm not choosing me in this intimate relationship. It was everywhere. And then the resentment dissolves. Um, So when we do hold this resentment in any relationship, it's coming back and being radically honest about what am I actually resentful for here and where am I actually not giving this to myself in this moment? And it makes so much sense, Laura, the way that you explain it. (laughs) I know just in conversations I've had with girlfriends and in speaking at events in the past, one of the things that so many women will bring up is this feeling of resentment toward their partner because their partner and just speaking in general kind of heteronormative whatever terms their partner will get to go to work while they stay at home with the kids or Mm. their partner gets to have a hobby and their partner chooses themselves and they silently simmer and resent 
that yes. partner and they kind of get caught in this symptom then when they're experiencing resentment of being really snappy or punishing their partner or stonewalling them. Yeah. And I think that then is such a like dangerous hot pot to breed in because that yes. then resentment, it goes from, oh, I'm feeling uncomfortable and I need to learn something about myself to really projecting like a dislike almost it to is. the other person in the relationship. Yeah. That's just why resentment is so insidious. It is. It is. And it shows up in many ways. Like even you don't have to say anything, they feel it. You know, oh, yeah, energy yeah. is so powerful. You walk into a room and you know when someone's off. Mm. Um, but even I love what you just shared as well about, you know, we're the stay-at-home mom and they go off to work. And, you know, we know probably societally that being a stay-at-home mom isn't deemed as higher on the ranks as going out and performing and bringing the money in. But, oh, my God, that, you know, that whole thing of how it actually dissolves all of what we do throughout the day when it comes to raising children is a bloody big job. Like it's yeah. the biggest job ever. You but know, also we get to the end of the day and we're like, it's the biggest job, the most important job, but holy fuck, what have I done all day? <laughs> I know, I know. Like we don't actually see our qualities and what we're actually doing throughout that whole day of actually keeping these humans alive. Mm-hmm. You know, that in itself, it's like we don't, even recognize any of it because it's it's just deemed that's what we have to do with women and this is you know generational stuff and even primarily you know which I um, teach a lot of people about gender intelligence and primal functions hormonally and how we were back in the day as women we can multitask very well and it's not just because it was conditioned it's in our prime like it's actually in our minds you know we are just wired that way to know what's going on in the community to understand where the poisonous berries are to understand where everybody is in the community why the men went off and fed us which was really important because we wouldn't be here without the food um so it's not diminishing anyone's role we both have an equal role. We wouldn't be here without the other. But the thing is, is that as women, we were bred to multitask very well. So this is, you know, and this was a big thing for me. You know, we're looking after the kids, we're cooking, we're cleaning, we're doing all of the things and we're getting really irritated when the dishes are in the sink and the washing is still piling up. And, but we've got to remember this is how we're primed. So it's it's actually up to us in that moment to actually get on, on like, be comfortable with being uncomfortable with the washing is just going to stay there for the next day while I take myself out and go for a walk. You know, it's okay that the dishes are in the sink when my husband walks through the door and whatever that brings up for him is his to hold. It has nothing to do with us. And what that brings up for us is what we need to actually look at in that moment and figure out why, why am I feeling unappreciated in this moment? Well, worry, you're not actually appreciating yourself. Again, back to yourself. You know, the relationships that we have in life just merely bring up the things and the places that we're not free within ourselves. So if we can have a different perspective instead of being like, oh, here he is again, not appreciating all of the things that I do. And it's like, but are you actually appreciating that role you are as a mom of the things you're doing throughout your day? You're just merely kind of ticking a box and being like, this is what I have to do for my life. You see, and that's where it shows up in reality then. But it's actually knowing that just because we can do it all doesn't mean we have to. We don't need to keep proving it. We know we can do it. So all of you beautiful women out there, I'm telling you now, you can do it all. Primarily, it has been proven. Um, But asking yourself the question of why. 
why do you keep needing to prove that you can? Yeah, a big one for me was realising that the work is never done. Like there will never be a day where I get to the end of the day and I'm like, oh, every (laughs) single thing is done because you can never wash all of your clothes because you're going to be wearing clothes. There's Mm. never going to be a day where every single task is complete and understanding you're going to live in a cycle of incomplete work Mm. and and never-ending to-do lists. But, yeah, stopping to choose yourself is such a gift not only to yourself but to the relationship as well Mm. because all too often from the conversations I've had and my own experience, we get in our own way, right, Mm. and we think, oh, there goes my partner choosing his hobby, doing what he wants, dit, 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 dit. But a lot of the time if the partner turns around and says, why don't you go for a walk or why don't you do this, a lot of the time we're the first to minimize it and say, no, 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 I don't want to do that, I won't do it, but mm. quietly simmer about yeah, it. Absolutely. It, it can be really um, like it can kind of rub us the wrong way to go, oh, yes, I do have needs. Let me me acknowledge that I have these needs. Let me take you up on that offer, particularly if it wasn't role modelled for us, if, you know, being a martyr was the thing that we saw the most growing up. Yeah. It can be really uncomfortable to say, all right, you're right, I will take this hour and go and do something for myself. Yeah. Because that feels uncomfortable and in a strange way, it almost feels more comfortable to stay in the martyrdom of putting yourself last. Yeah. Yeah. And again, trying to prove that you don't need time, like you have it all figured out, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, you know, I love what you just shared then. Cause it's so true. Like I've had a few clients where I've posed this question to them and they've taken time and then spoken about how uncomfortable it felt to actually go away from that control, you know, oh my God, you know, is he going to survive looking after the kids and feeding them and doing all these things? And it's like, of course he is, you know, give the guy a chance or your partner a chance to prove that he can actually do it because they can, they're very capable, you know, we're the ones putting all of the kindy bags together and all of the school stuff together and running around like headless chickens. And it's like, why don't you, men actually need to be needed. Why don't you ask him to just pack the school bag or the kindy bag? Again, it's not that you can't do it. It's just, we need to ask for help sometimes and it's okay. One of my favorite journaling prompts that I always come back to, Laura, is how am I complicit in creating the circumstances I say I don't want, Mm. right? So if anyone's listening and they're like, I keep, you know, I don't want this situation where I'm burnt out and I'm doing everything and I'm resentful, but it's like, okay, that's one layer. The layer below that, how are you complicit in creating that circumstance? Are you saying no to choosing yourself? Um, Is that uncomfortable for you? What things Mm. can you do to strengthen that muscle of acknowledging that you have needs and that you are going to choose yourself? Mm. Um, So that's a prompt that I'm always, always revisiting. I love that. I love to get in my own way. Yeah, and it's such a great reflection. And I'm the same. I just do it internally. I always bring it back to myself. Like, why have I created this in my reality? Like, why is this showing up for me? What is going on here? And at the beginning, when you start on this journey, it's like so overwhelming because you're just like, oh my God, everything has to do with me. It's the first time we've taken ownership and responsibility of our own lives, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but now I'm just like, it's so empowering. So empowering to be like, okay, what does this mean about me? Even when it shows up in my relationship with my kids or my, my parents and my partner, it's, 
it's again, but it's, you know, even because like I'm on this ultimate mission to keep opening my heart, opening my heart, opening my heart. But even in that, and this is a whole new podcast, what does that even look like? Because a lot of the time it's about opening your heart and it can look like people pleasing still, you know, oh, I'm just in a loving place here. So I'm just going to keep giving, giving. Yes. But actually opening your heart is standing in your ultimate truth. And even when your partner is just emotionally dysregulated and all you want to do is kind of calm the situation down and be in your heart space and be loving, but it's like, but are you standing your truth there? Are you appeasing their needs? Because even that is an unloving act. If you love your partner unconditionally, you will keep him in that place for him to get to a healing state rather than dull it down, mask the emotion because we are in this loving space. Does that make sense? And it's really, when I got this, I was like, I'm really confused. So, and, but I get it now. I'm like, okay, am I being loving to my partner right now? If I, you know, say if we have a bit of an argument or a discussion and he's dysregulation, I'm like, oh, I just want to reach out to him today and see if he's okay. And then I'm like, but am I being loving? Because if I reach out and ask him if he's okay, um, even though I know he is, that's me appeasing his needs rather than him bringing awareness to what that trigger was actually about and then him owning it. So it's actually us sitting back and being like, I love him. I'm actually okay. He's going to come around eventually when he reaches out to me. (laughs) And then, yeah, and then standing in that truth of, you know, you know that I love you. This was something that was brought up for you. And I'm really curious about what that was about. And then it opens up this conversation in a completely different way again. I'm curious, and this kind of links to my next point, which is about growth in relationship when people Mm. feel like they're growing or they are growing at different rates, because that's another Mm. thing I hear a lot of. Mm. Because the thing I guess I'm curious about, Laura, is I know right now the relationship that I'm in is the most vulnerable that I've been. It's the most Mm. authentic me. And I will say those things that are uncomfortable and stay in my truth. And just recently, Brendan and I went through like a, quite a hard loss together. Mm. And it was really ugly in a lot of ways and really uncomfortable, the things that we each kind of had to say and hold space for. Mm. There were beautiful parts as well, but it was a very confronting thing for us. Mm. But I feel this relationship is so safe and I'm so willing to just be me for the first like time that. in my life. And I wonder, can people reach that when they're in relationship with someone that they've been with for a long time. Because I feel like for me, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. I've done a lot of work on myself, but I truly don't know whether I could have done the work I needed to do in the relationship I was in, in my marriage. Yeah. But I'm sure people can. Yeah, But I just wonder, like, how do you do it? Because I think it's almost harder to make the changes when you have someone expecting you to be a certain way because then you kind of show up in that way right like if you've got a partner that expects you to be a certain way it's harder to break the mold whereas in a fresh relationship it's like they don't have any past expectations on me Mm -hmm. so there's a sense of freedom in that yeah hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
I mean, it's, and I love this question. It's a double whammy because obviously it gets me to reflect on my past relationship that I was in for a long time. And we can go into these places, you know, and especially for you and I, Kylie, at the moment, we're in these relationships that are, you know, probably super triggering and super evolving and all of the yummy stuff, you know. Um, And, you know, we can often go into a place of, oh, I wish I would have done this with my father's kids or, you know, maybe it would have been better for the kids. But the truth is, is if we just weren't ready, we just weren't ready to do it back then in the relationship. So for anyone listening now, if it's something that you still feel that there's still a connection there that you want to go deeper, first of all, you both need to be on the growth journey. It doesn't matter which level you're at or anything. You know, a lot of people come into my world and like, oh, he's just not at the level that I'm at. And I'm like, but does he reflect? Is he aware? Even six days after, does he come back and go, actually, I don't actually like being that way. That's growth for one. He might not do it as quick as you, but that's okay. But if they're sitting in that constant gaslighting, you know, it's your fault, it's you, there's absolutely no ownership, no responsibility, then there's a, there's a time and space that that needs to be exited because it hinders your own growth because you keep growing. Well, it doesn't hinder it. You keep growing, but you'll disconnect. It will organically dissipate. Um, so it takes two of you to be in it to grow, but what that looks like is very different. So for anyone listening, that might be in a relationship where they're like, you know, cause the thing is about men, um, they're very easily trainable, <laughs> very easily trainable. <laughs> and as women, we train them in a way of, um, that is, it's just not growing for us. It's not growing for our soul. We train them in a way because, again, we've done all of these things and we've not allowed them to stand into that masculine and we've not allowed them or asked them for support and help or stand in our truth and make them aware of their stuff. You know, we've done a lot of the people pleasing and whatever because we're beautiful nurturers and we like mothering people. Um, but the thing is, is that we can train them very differently. We just have to unwind the training we've done which is really challenging at the start because it's really triggering for the other person when they're used to it being a particular way. And we're like, well, we're pivoting here. You know, this is how it's going to look right now. And not that you would say that, but you just keep standing in your lane. You just keep being uncomfortable and you just keep choosing you and you just keep doing the things that bring you pleasure and joy, even though on the duality of that it's uncomfortable because it's new. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, she's actually not doing what she used to do so they'll either start to follow you on the journey or like I said if they're not growing they won't Mm. and then that's where you make a choice so I'm hoping that kind of answers the question around that that you can absolutely change it um but it, it it it's it's all up to you yeah I think that that's a really powerful response even for me to hear because Mm. I get very in my head of like well why didn't I do this in my last relationship Mm. or I'll go the other way and be like, well, I couldn't have done that because I needed this person to do it. But really it's not about the person. It's about me Yeah, because because it all is, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Me, me, me. (laughs) But even in that, like I said to you, you know, because I went through the same stuff and I have a beautiful relationship with the father of my kids and, you know, this, this, sometimes it creeps in of like, you know, would things be better for the kids and all of this, but it's just trust that, you know, we all have our divine paths and it's meant to happen in the way that it happened and the kids are meant to navigate through 
the triggers and the wounds that they have. And it comes back towards, again, role modeling of who we be, not what we say, for our kids to then feel safe and vulnerable and heard by us. It doesn't take two parents to do it. You know, they can absolutely do it by one um, and heal the wound of the other along the pathway. You know, we just need to feel solid within ourselves. And it's all about who we be, not what we say. I love that. Mm. On the topic of growth and resentment, yes. if someone is listening right now and they have felt resentful toward their partner for not growing, given that we're learning and we're unpacking here that so many issues are about ourselves, yes. if someone's feeling resentful toward their partner for not growing, is it likely then that they are feeling anger towards themselves for not growing or not stepping into their own power and growing as much as they can yeah well it could be but there could be fear as well so for me in my previous relationship I was a bit resentful for my partner not growing but it came down to because I knew that I would lose him um there was a fear of loss yeah that makes so much sense that some people would be terrified to continue along their growth journey because they might have this inherent sadness or understanding of what comes with their next phase of growth because it could mean yeah. letting go of a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Letting go of it. And also a part of mine was he's not choosing me. He's not choosing to grow with me. He's not choosing me. It was all personalized again, but it had nothing to do with me. Like whether your partner chooses to grow or not, we can't personalize it. You know, oh God, I wasn't enough for him to change. Again, that's a wound within you that will be coming from childhood. Um, because when we actually depersonalize it and we actually go, he just wasn't ready and it's actually okay. And accepting them for where they, they're at and then choosing you again in that moment is what, what we need to be doing. The resentment of them not gr- growing comes from either the fact that we're not stepping into that growth, like you just said, because we're holding back through fear of loss. Well, what does that look like if I evolve? And what if I grow past him is another story I often hear. Um, but again, growth looks very different for two different people. It definitely is very different for me and my partner. I constantly feel like I'm ascending minute, you know, minute by minute by minute. And my partner's still like, oh, you know, I love what you're doing. He's really supportive. And he's, you know, like he'll do it and then he'll pop back into the, the old program. Then he'll do it. So it's just so different. But the thing is, is it, it doesn't hold me back from my growth. You know, it doesn't diminish my growth in any way. So encouraging of that. And that's the difference. Like it's as long as they're growing and doing what they do. And often when we're growing as well, it's like, oh, I just want a conscious man. And I just want someone who's like me and into meditation or journaling or, but it's just not the truth. Like they grow on their own path. And as long as they're doing what they're doing and, you know, being passionate in their life and growing in their own way, then you evolve together. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because, I think, you know, a year ago, if I was speaking into the sort of relationship I, I wanted to have, mm. I I thought, well, I would want to be with someone who's quite evolved in terms of up to date with reading, like reading the same yeah. books, into breath work, into meditation, into journaling, because mm. that's stuff that I find helpful with growth. Mm. Um, fast forward a little bit. And again, I'm so content in this relationship. And I feel like it's such a, it's exactly where I'm meant to be. Brendan would not read a book to save his life. Like he just wouldn't. He's not interested in breathwork, but he's 
he grows in his own way mm. and he processes in his own ways and he teaches me things from the way that he does it. Mm. And so I've really learned that as well. Like there's not a prescription for growth or self-reflection and awareness. It comes in different forms in different ways. Yeah. And just because we internalize one way to be the best way for us, it yeah. doesn't mean that that's the best way for our partner. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you and, you know, we think as well, if anyone's on this journey and we think we need to have a partner that's the same as us, again, asking yourself the question, why? Why do you want someone that lives and dances in the exact same realm as you? Because again, that comes down to, is it then because I can continue to grow and I will make, it'll make it easier for me. And again, it's, it's a gun. Well, we're not, you know, when we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, it's like my golden mantra daily. Okay, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, Laura, because this is what it's about. Um, and the more that I actually just embrace that whole process is the more like my life just keeps just glowing um, because it's not the resistance to it or meeting those roadblocks from everybody else. It's actually my responsibility. So I don't need someone who's conscious or aware or sitting on his yoga pillow doing meditations I just want him to be taking ownership of his life and his path and his reflections when he's triggered and being vulnerable so you know like we can mirror that back in each other like it doesn't matter when that happens as long as it's happening or how it happens as long as it's happening they find their own way like you said with Brendan they really do and it's actually encouraging them in that way rather than being like well no I'm making that wrong because for a man you can't make them wrong um, because it just kind of demasculines them. Um, it's just like really just encouraging them on that growth and keeping them going is when we grow together and it's beautiful. Yeah. The last thing that I had written down here was about communication, including like nonverbal communication. Yes. And you kind of touched on it earlier when you said you can walk into a room yeah. and know if someone is – you know, seething in anger towards you or if someone, mm -hmm. yeah, like you can just feel the energy. So yeah. when it comes to communication, we know like that saying communication is a two-way street, but how much responsibility do we actually have when it comes to the way that we're interacting with our words and also our nonverbal communication with our partner? So much. It's like all of it, you know. Because we're thinking about hormonal as well, like like our oxytocin as a female and the testosterone as a man, um, you know. And and this, you know, this is something that I go deeper into the masterclass and the things that I teach. But it's really understanding the biology of both the female and the masculine. And once I really understood this, it changed the whole game. Um, so I actually, again, it's my responsibility to be happy. It's my responsibility to fill my cup. It's my responsibility to make myself feel energized. It isn't my partner's. It's not anybody else's. It's mine. Um, you know, and even with the love languages, the, the more I think about the love language stuff, it's, you know, and we're like, oh, but I love words of affirmation. I love when you know, he, he, and we do, he tells me beautiful things and, you know, he gifts me some flowers. Um, but then when we talk, we'll just rewind back to resentment, it's like when they don't do them things, again, asking yourself the question, but do you do them first? Do you look in the mirror and say, I love you? You're amazing. Do you go to the shop and buy some sell some flowers? Do you give yourself some quality time? Do you meet first? your own needs? Yeah. Yes. And then when they do it, because energetically you're freeing that up because you've, you've filled your cup, your oxytocin levels are 
you know, heightened, naturally they'll start leaving post-it notes or they'll bring you a bunch of flowers and it adds the cherry on top. It's not that you're needing that from them anymore because you're giving it to yourself, but they add to it. Well, it's like a bit of bit like um, manifesting abundance, right? Yeah. Like the more you have, the more you manifest. Yeah. But the more you like, the more you focus on what you don't have, the more you focus on the lack. Everything yeah. kind of dries up around it. Whereas if you're really like, oh, look at these wonderful things I have, such as look at the wonderful way I'm meeting these needs. Yeah. It will flow in with more ease. Yeah, absolutely. So first, it's our responsibility to increase our oxytocin levels as a female and I do this religiously before my partner or my kids walk through the door you know I've had a hard day I say hard but non-stop day with clients and groups and podcasts and whatever and then you know I've got all of these beautiful visions that I want to create so then I'm doing you know vision boards and um, you know reverse engineering things and all of the things that are really inspiring but by the end of the day I'm just like god and then I've got to get dinner ready you know because I love to because I know he loves a cooked meal so I want to make him feel that when he walks in the door but if I'm in that energy of oh god I can't be bothered I'll run myself a bath I'll light myself some candles I'll put on some makeup for me not to look good for him I'll spray myself with some perfume. I'll put some feminine music on while I'm cooking and it increases my oxytocin levels instantly. So when he walks through the door, all he feels is this femininity and this love from me. So he just wants to come over and embrace me, you know, and then if there's anything and and it works every single time, especially the dancing really shifts my energy. So again, it's my responsibility to shift that energy. And again, it's not for him it's for us, it's for me to feel better and to have a relationship where I'm in love. Um, you know, and again, it's it's our responsibility to do that. And when it comes to communication, and especially with men, when women complain, <laughs> they we instantly never, yes, <laughs> never. Um, <laughs> they instantly see this as being unhappy instantly. And they want to fix it, right? And they want to fix it. They can't. <laughs> and we just want to be heard. So we have to set them up. We've got to stop setting them up to fail. We need to be like, oh, hey, babe, or hey, honey, I've just got a venting session. Um, I don't want you to fix this. There's nothing wrong. Um, I just want to be heard. Do you have capacity for that? You know, and you may not use that language. That's my language that I use with my partner, but it's just giving them the option of, oh, do you mind if I have a shower first? And then not, and then feeling what that actually brings up for you. Because again, oh, he's not choosing me in this moment. Oh, he's rejecting me. Wounds. All he's saying in that moment is, I just need some time to wash off the day and then give you my presentness. That's all he's saying. But we see it as, oh, he's being selfish. He's not listening to me right now. But it's like, again, do you want to be in love or do you want to be right? Do you want him to be present or do you want him to be disconnected? Do you want him to not have the energy for you in that moment? And it's the choosing of that. It's the choosing. And then when you have that communication, it's so much more open, so much more open. And in a way, even when it makes you feel uncomfortable when someone expresses their needs or their boundaries, and this is in romantic relationships or friendships, Mm. but in a way it's them giving you permission to do the same. Yes. So I always feel like if a friend says to me, oh, I can't right now or no, thank you, even if it's not the answer I wanted, I'm like, oh, well, that gives me not, not in a tit-for-tat way, but in yeah. a way of like it's laying the foundations of honesty of expressing what you need. Yeah. And so it is a gift. So if your partner does say, no, I don't have the capacity right now, it's kind of role modeling for you in a way, even if it sucks, 
to then do the same, you know, like yeah. if they come to you and you're like, I don't have the capacity for this right now because I need to go and have a bath, I need to reset or whatever yeah. it is. It's both yeah. making contributions towards that honest space. Yeah, and this is where, you know, the the work happens as well. It brings up the wounding in that moment, um, you know, in order for us to face off with it. You know, and, I've, I, and I work with this constantly in my relationship. As you know, Kylie, I embody anything that I teach. Anything that I teach is not something that I have never done or experienced. Um, and it's the same with my clients and the people that I work with. It's, you know, like what did that make you feel in that moment when he actually just honoured himself? Um, what did that bring up for you? Because it is abandonment and rejection. Let's actually look at the reality of that. Was he rejecting you in that moment just because he was going having a shower? You know, do you feel like it's bringing up the same stuff that your dad did to you? Let's have a look at it. But then also you need to feel the depths of that as well in order for you to then just see your partner actually just wants a shower to give you that time. Um, for me now, because I've changed my whole perspective, if my partner would have said five years ago, I'm going for a shower first, I would have been like, how rude. Absolutely not. Does he know what I've done today? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All I want is for him to listen to me for five minutes. But again, you know, from a primal perspective and a gender intelligence perspective and a biological perspective, we run very differently. And as soon as we understand how this works, it's just a complete game changer in the whole form of any relationship, even with our sons and our daughters. It's just so, it's just magic. And understanding our relationships, that's, everything that you're about to help people with in your masterclass talk to me about your relationship masterclass magnify it's magnify your relationships right yes it is I am so excited because (laughs) I have no doubt like right now people will be going to look you up and book in for this masterclass Mm. because everything you have said and shared with me today makes so much sense and it leaves me wanting more so if people are listening and they want more and they really want to do a deep dive, yeah, where to? Beautiful. Um, so the masterclass that I'm running is Magnify Your Relationships. Um, so it's a live masterclass with me. And this is where you get to hear all of the juicy stuff around relationships. And even though, you know, specifically we've spoken about intimate relationships, relationships in general filter off into everything. So kids, families, money, jobs, nature, everything is a relationship and it's how you have a relationship with that thing. And there's always a specific theme around it. So for me, I was like, especially knowing what I know now, I'm like relationships are just the foundation for everything in life, like everything we need to connect as a human basic need. Um, But how do we do that? So I was like, I need to put a masterclass together to teach people how to have these relationships and magnify them by teaching the fundamentals around that, about, you know, anything around triggers, projections, understanding a biological perspective on the masculine and feminine, really understanding how we step into our power. We keep standing in our lane. We keep choosing us, how we do that, because as you know, there's so much resistance around it. Um, And then witnessing it flourishing. And again, you know, I think Disney sold this notion that relationships are fairy tales and they're just not, you know. So for all of us beautiful women out there that have been looking for the knight in shining armor on the white horse, you know, he can definitely be that, but it's around you laying that foundation around that. Relationships are messy. They take work. This is the growth. You know, I'm sure you've heard the quote, um, we don't grow in comfortability. We don't. 
um, and relationships stir all of this up. And really, you know, similar to you, Kylie, I couldn't be the person that I am today without the relationships I've been in um, that have allowed me to evolve, especially the one that I'm in now where I'm literally facing off with everything, which is then creating so many beautiful things in everything in my world, um, which is just magic. And I just want to share with you, you know, with the father wound stuff we spoke about, and I said that my dad's never told me he loves me. He told me yesterday. Oh, wow. Verbalized it. Wow. That's massive. If people haven't listened to our episode of mother and father wound, they need to go back and listen to it. That's huge. And I know, like, and it makes me so proud of me because I've done the work in this current relationship. You created the space, yeah. It wasn't the fact that, you know, and we can put it to lock and we and this is what I want to teach people. We can put it down to coincidences, but we're talking about a man here that has never been able to share any of his emotions or speak or tell me or verbalize that he loves me. And then yesterday he just does it. It just does not happen that way. It was me doing the work on myself to free up that energetic space for him to feel safe to do it because I've shifted Oh, and this is what I want to share with everyone. Well, just like, I, I mean, there's things you and I can chat about when we're not recording that I'm not quite willing to talk about online yet, but um, I'm sitting here just like, oh, yes, I can yes. so understand that in so many ways. Yes. With your masterclass, how do people get in? Is it a once-off live video? Is it a series? Like what are all the details? Yes, I love it. So it's on the 14th of September. I'll be going live in there at 12 p.m. Um, There is no limit. So whoever jumps in there and there's questions, the beauty of jumping in live is that if you have any questions, this is where you pull my brain apart. This is where you get that beautiful reflection. This is where I hold you to the highest version of yourself. Um, This is where all the yumminess happens. The recording will um, stay in there so you can still purchase it afterwards. Um, but I would highly encourage anyone that is just on the edge of the seat wanting to know more to jump in because I love connection. I love conversation. You know, Kylie knows that I could talk on podcasts for 10 hours straight. I'm telling her she needs her own podcast yes. every time we speak. <laughs> yes. Um, so I would highly recommend that you jump in there and get the questions. Um, even if you can't jump in the live, the recording is going to be available anyway. So you can definitely listen back and it's unlimited access. But even if you jumped in previous to the 14th and you weren't able to get the live, just ask the questions inside of the container. So then I can at least answer them on the live. Beautiful. I love that people can jump in and go back and listen to it because mm. I know myself, there are certain audiobooks or podcasts or videos of, of talks that I will come back to, even though I've heard them you need reminders and even just having it playing in the background sometimes, you know, sometimes when I'm in the shower, I'll just play like a relationship thing just as like my little refresher of, you know, all of the things I've learned. So it's such a great investment. Yes. To ask you questions in real time, but what a great investment to have that tool to keep coming back to. Yeah. I love it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I will put all of the details for your masterclass, Magnify Your Relationships, which is happening on the 14th of September. I'll put all of those details in our show notes as well as your Instagram handle because your Instagram is a wealth of knowledge and it's so nice to have you in in my (laughs) feed. I'm sure everyone will love following you. All those details will be in there. Where else can people find you should they need to? 
Um, well, I'm on Facebook, um, so Laura Corcoran, but I'm really active on Instagram. It's the main place to find me. I do have a website as well if you wanted to check some more details um, at www.lauracorcoran.com.au. But again, I share a lot about my life and myself. I love Instagram. I'm very open. Amazing. Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to have this chat with me. I am going to jump into your masterclass as well. I can't oh, wait. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I'd love that. Definitely. Thanks, Kylie. Um, and I'll also chat a little bit about this on social media too, because I know so many people who follow along will be pumped to join this as well. So thank yes. you for your time. Thank you for My your knowledge. Pleasure. And I'm excited to learn more from you. Thanks, Kylie. This is what I want. What I need If you don't have to go I can set you free Are you gonna make a move? Are you gonna come and see? Whatever you wanna do You know what's cool with me Whisper in the dark Whispers in the dark You come to play, don't you? Looking for something What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.